passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. You are listening to Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell, we are so excited that you have joined us here today. We've got a lot to talk about, as we always do. We're going to put a bow on the 2020 season, kind of an ugly bow, you know, a bow that, like, someone who doesn't really know how to tie a bow would do because that bowl game was not exactly the way that we want to go out. But uh, Jason and I are going to touch on that a little bit. But Mostly we're going to look ahead because I think that's what all Auburn fans are eager to do. And a lot of moves are already starting to happen for this new era, the Harson era. Uh, so we're going to talk about all of the different staff movements, some of the player movements in terms of NFL or returners. We're going to talk about all of it and the general landscape of college football because a lot's going on now with the national championship just a few days away. So my man Jason got his new microphone, and it's just, it's a good day around here. You know, I'm feeling optimistic. Yes, happy 2021 to everybody. This is our Crazy. first show of 2021. I'm, I'm trying to get used to saying that, and I had to write a check the other day, and I almost wrote 2020 <laughs> on there. Um, so, yes, we're all trying to adapt and, and get ready for this new year. So, Yes, the bowl game was not what we all expected, but the best thing about the bowl game, it was sunny. And we're all looking forward to sunny days at Auburn. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the bowl game. Really not a whole lot to talk about, but we'll touch on it a little bit. And then we will move forward into the good news as a lot of moves are starting to happening for this coaching staff. But before we get into all of it, you know we got to tell you about our sponsor, betonline.ag. Now, the NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL playoffs are also right around the corner. So with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in on. So if you're thinking about picking up the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or maybe somebody to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, I personally think it's possible. Anywho, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino that never closes. So go over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. So again, betonline.ag. Go ahead, sign up today. Okay, so unfortunately, this Auburn team lost the season finale in the Citrus Bowl to Northwestern 35-19. to I mean, we talked about it last week. Bowl games in the past several seasons have not been on our side. We just, and you and I have had this conversation numerous times about how the playoff has impacted bowl games, non-New Year's Six games and beyond. And while I do think that argument is very valid and the playoff has kind of diminished the importance of a bowl game, 
I think the SEC as a whole needs to reevaluate their viewpoint on a bowl game because if we want to continue talking about the SEC as the best conference, how you perform in postseason when you get to match up with Power 5 teams that you wouldn't ordinarily get to face, or even group of five teams, that has to be an aspect of the argument. We can't hang our hat on the strongest conference in the nation only because Alabama repeatedly plays for natties. That can't be our argument. Like, what Florida did, what Auburn did, I give credit to Texas A&M, and Georgia squeaked by barely, but like, what we're doing in postseason, especially Auburn in the past several seasons, shows a lack of want to. And that completely contradicts everything that this program should stand on. And I feel very confident that Brian Harson is going to change that mentality. But we obviously were very uh, depleted on the offensive side of the ball after we recorded our episode last week. And I said, just run tank over and over. News broke that Tank wasn't playing. So that was going to be difficult for us all around. Tank Bigsby and Anthony Schwartz were not available, and that certainly impacted the ground game. There was just 31 yards rushing on 15 carries. So uh, that is certainly not the formula for Auburn football to pull out a win, especially considering that was kind of the weak spot of this Northwestern defense. It's ultimately why they lost to Ohio State, and we weren't able to capitalize on that. We were also 2 of 13 on third downs. Third down offense is just, it's been really difficult. Third down defense has as well, so I think that that has to be an emphasis moving forward. Typical Bo, uh, unfortunately, had to escape pressure a good bit, left the pocket very early, a lot of scrambles uh, that he was sacked once. There were five tackles for loss. So, uh, honestly, it was really emblematic of the season as a whole, especially on the offensive side. I did think a lot of young guys took the opportunity to show themselves in this game. There were a lot of names called that we didn't hear called a lot throughout the season, so that's obviously positive, but... Let's talk offense, Jason. What did you see in this game in terms of difficulty? Give credit to the Northwestern defense, but I I just don't know what else you can possibly break down about this offense other than, you know, we've really got to take a hard look at the scheme we're trying to run, the personnel doing it. And like we said last week, have to invest on the offensive line because that's, that's not doing us any favors. Yeah, Taylor. Uh, before I get to that, though, I want to say this. Um College football has kind of opened up Pandora's box. And what I mean by that is you, we're giving 18 to 22-year-olds too much leeway and options. And, and what I'm saying yeah. is bowl games are not what they used to be as well because it has become such a selfish act to a point yeah. where you let teams with losing records play in bowl games. It used to mean more when you had games that you had to have a winning record. You had to be six That's and true. five or better in order to be in a bowl game. Now you can be four and six, three and seven, and you're in a bowl game. So you got to make it respectable. Like, make the kids have to go out there and earn something to want to win games so that they can go to bowl games, you know, to have a winning record. Not just be like, okay, we lost. So, okay, everyone gets surprised anyways. Like, come on, mm-hmm. what are we doing? What are we teaching kids now? And then the other aspect of it is all these guys opting out. Like, what, what's up with that? Like, that's driving me crazy. I'm just like, okay, if you're not in the playoffs and you maybe you're a top 10 pick or something, okay, I get it. You don't want to risk it. I'm just like, but you guys that are not projecting the first round or top 15 or top 10, like, why are you opting out of games? This could be a game for you to go out there and prove yourself and go out there and, and play against a really good solid team and put something on tape before you enter into the draft. Like yep. you won against Northwestern. I'm someone like Swartz or, or someone like that. Like, 
I'm going to play in this game. I'm going against yeah. Northwestern, who's a really good team, and they are ranked higher than us. So, you know what? Let me go out here and try to end this thing on a high note and and carry that on into if I'm going to leave and just carry that on into into my draft season. But right. I don't I don't get all these kids between 18 and 22 now just opting out of games. Texas A&M, I think, was one of the teams that had everybody that opted in and played in the bowl game, and yep. it showed in their bowl game. Like, And look, that's an example where they could have taken on the same mentality. They mm-hmm. feel like they were shorthanded being kept out of the top four and missing the playoff. Mm-hmm. They could have pouted Kyle Pitts, and as soon as they realized they weren't playing in the playoff, Kellen Mond and all these guys say, you know what, I'm opting out of the bowl because it's not where we thought we would be. No, they took the appropriate mentality and looked at this and said, okay, you know what? You kept us out of the playoff. We're going to use this bowl game to prove that you were wrong. All right, and they did. They went out there and beat a really good exactly. North Carolina team. And uh, and you think about Florida, they had four of their top receivers opt out. Like, what's going on no. here? Like, your quarterback who was up for Heisman decided to play. I Like, he's going into the draft too, so you're just going to leave your quarterback mm-hmm. hanging? Like, so, you know, like – I don't know. The mentality is wrong. These kids got to stop getting these street agents out of their ears. They have got to start getting the right people in their corners. They have got to get people that can talk to them and mentor them and get them in the right position because right now they are getting bad advice from a lot of people. And I'm sadly to say this, some of these guys may not even get drafted and they could have came back for another year. So you thinking, oh, I'm going to go here and go there. All right. News going to wait for you in a couple of months and you're going to be like, well, dang. Then you're going to start looking around. So if I'm you, don't go purchase anything just yet. Like, yep. you know, just work on trying to get ready to get drafted. But we have got to change the mentality because it has become such a selfish mentality. And we have given these kids so much that they don't have to earn anything that they feel like everything's supposed to be handed to them. That's on us. That's on us as a society. And totally. we have got to change that from a bowl standpoint. We have got to change that from a college standpoint of what we're doing and trying to teach these kids between 18 and 22. Now. Enough of that said. Now on to <laughs> Auburn's offense. Auburn offense looked in there. You know, it's just it, yeah. it is what it is. Like it's been this way for a little bit of time, and uh, they just gonna have to rebuild the whole thing. Um, you know, just uh, just try to find a way to figure out how to start from inside out. Um, and, and what I mean by that is we we got to find a way to you know get bigger and stronger up front. And I think yeah. they're doing that by they're bringing in a new, you know, head strength conditioning coach, um, you know, see if he can start to beef these guys up, uh, get some. And, and that's where it starts as in the interior. And then I think 100%. the next part of it is, you know, we've got to figure out, can we get, you know, Bo and whoever else we have coming in in the signing class are going to compete for the job. But at the same time, how do we get to a point where we can break bad habits from him? And what I mean by that, instead of escaping backwards, how do we get him to escape up in the pocket or stay in the pocket and move towards the line of scrimmage? So, you know, those are things that are going to be big Achilles heels that they're going to have to conquer in the springtime. Uh, Someone asked me a message on LinkedIn. They were just like, well, you went through a lot of coordinator changes. How do you feel Bo is going to adapt uh, going through this change? And so, you know, to answer his question is, it's all about, it's all it's really on Bo as far as like what is he willing to accept and listen to and want to sit in there and soak up. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like you can't control change, but how you can't what you can control is how you take in the knowledge of this person that comes in, how you give them your undivided attention, how you willing to put away old things and accept the new thing and see how do I move forward and get this guy an opportunity to coach me and help me to buy into what he wants me to buy into. 
That's how you adapt with new offensive coordinators. So if Bo can do those things, then yes, he could be a better player coming into his junior season if he buys into what Coach Harson and offensive coordinator that he has for him comes in there and not be pushed back. Don't give any pushback. That's how you Mm -hmm. adapt to new coordinators and move forward. So that was the question I wanted to answer. I love that. That that was an excellent question and and great insight for you as someone who has certainly been through it. And I, I look forward to seeing his development because I think, you know, as hard as we are on him, this guy has raw talent. He has real actual ability and you see glimpses of it. Those habits die hard though. And he hasn't been with the right um developers to help him break that. Um, So I look forward to seeing what they're able to do with him. And I agree, the offensive line has to be a focal point. It's kind of been a patchwork line this year. We've kind of put people in random places and tried to find the right formula. And honestly, the SEC is one at the line of scrimmage. Being on the sideline, I can tell you guys, like the biggest difference between the conferences is the size of the line. Uh-huh. When I am on the sidelines of, you know, a, a group of five game, they, they're big dudes, they're athletes, they're collegiate athletes. But when you are on the sidelines next to a, an SEC line, yeah, they right. are superhuman. They are brick <laughs> houses. Like they are, they are massive humans. And with that mass, they can still move effectively. Uh-huh. So finding those building blocks, that that's the foundation. It has to be. So, uh, I even think the transfer portal could be huge for us and certainly something that this coaching staff will look to pull from. But let's talk defense real quick in this game. Um, they gave up 457 yards. And look, we said that the offense is not the name of Northwestern's game, and yet they were able to put up 35 points on us. So there was something that we weren't doing on the defensive side of the ball. Their quarterback, Peyton Ramsey, he had plenty of time in the pocket to pick apart the secondary, which obviously we had some missing pieces, uh, a a couple starters in that regard. So uh, he threw three touchdowns on a 68.6% completion. So, I mean, there were bright spots here and there, but it just, I think what you said was was appropriate. It was inept. it just it looked a little disheveled. It looked like a team that wasn't entirely sure their purpose. And in a way, I get it because how hard is it to play in a bowl game that a you feel like you know you're you're fi- having a hard time finding the motivation for it because of the season that you've had. You're also in a complete limbo, knowing that you've got a new coach who's here, but he's not coaching. The one who is coaching is an interim head coach. News breaks during the game that he's not going to be here next year. You've got all these guys with looming decisions in regards to the NFL. Your quarterback, you know hasn't been able to put it together. There's been a lot of noise about him. Like this has been a very difficult place for Auburn football in its entirety. And it just seemed like on both sides of the ball, they didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't know their why. And and I think that identity is going to have to flip, but I will say someone whose why has always been there and been evident is smoke Monday. And this guy was all over the field. He played an unbelievable game and he's an example of somebody who did not opt out. He knew why he had to be out there. He wanted to be out there and he played with heart. And that has to be the kind of mentality that this entire team plays with. Yeah, I'm talking about, you're exactly right. Like, that's the that's the problem right now. Like, you know, guys looking at the situations and saying, okay, you know, we don't know this is happening. We don't know if that is happening. I guess I'm just built differently. Um, for me, it's the whole point of 
that makes every sense for you to rally together one last time and say, we're going to go out with a bang together. Totally. You know, so instead of the opposite way where I'm just going, all right, be nonchalant about what I'm doing because, you know, I don't know what's going on. You know, a whole bunch of things about to come to you in life that you're not going to know what's going on. You're about to become an adult. Mm-hmm. You're about to start paying your own bills. You're about to start getting into the real world. So, you know, a lot of things you're not going to be able to control. But it, does that mean that you're going to get half butt effort? You know, like, that's my thing. Like, that makes every reason for you to sit in the team meeting room and say, hey, guys. We got guys in here that's going pro. We got guys in here that may come back for next season, guys here that may, you know, just move on with their lives. You know, we got coaches in here that may be here, may not be here. So this is our last chance to go out with a bang together. We started the season during this COVID year together, and we didn't know if there was going to be a season. But guess what? We was blessed to have a season, and here we are. This is our last hurrah together. Let's go out here and we play together, have some fun, go out with a bang, and let the chips fall where they fall after that. When you think about Auburn football, it's always been built on toughness. And I always mm-hmm. say this, either you the hammer or you the nail. And we've always been a hammer football team. We've always been that team that play with grit and tenaciousness. And, you know, win or lose, you know you got hit by that AU on that side of that helmet. So, you know, it's just that you knew replacing that D-line from last year was going to be a big, big problem. And you don't have a whole screen to go through and see how to plug guys in and there, you're going to have some effects. And and we felt the effects on the defensive side of the ball by not having that. Same thing with the offensive line. I give them a little bit of a leeway, too, because they didn't have a chance to figure out the five guys in the spring. But there is a spurt spurt of time that the offensive line for four or five weeks had over 200 yards rushing. So they started to rally together. Then the wheels fell off a little bit towards the end. But on the defensive side of the ball, we still trying to figure out our secondary. We got some hitters back there. Like I say, Smoke Monday is a hitter. He's a playmaker, but we got to get him better in coverage. Uh, yep. You know, Sherwood is a hitter. You know, he's you know he brings the thunder. And uh, so, you know, I think those two guys' combination is a good combination. Um, when you think about the corner position, you know, yes, McCurry is a really good corner. Uh, I think he he adds something there, and and just trying to figure out who's going to be opposite of him. Uh, you know, maybe it's Denson this year. Who, who knows? But there are some play, pieces in place that we can build off of and grow from. And I mm-hmm. think that's the positive. Now, the thing is, these guys cannot say, oh, I'm transferring because I got a new coach coming in here and I'm leaving or I'm going on to the NFL because I don't want to deal with a new coach. You may just be missing your blessing because right. sometimes when new change come, it may work better for you and fit you a little bit better but you won't know unless you have an opportunity to give yourself a chance to see so i wouldn't just be so fast to just be jumping into these transfer portals because this is a coach coming in that didn't recruit you guess what bobby petrino did not recruit me he came in to to auburn as an offense coordinator i had a good year under here my sophomore year al borges came in my senior year did not recruit me he came from the west coast and guess Mm -hmm. what ended up having one of the best seasons in auburn history so you can't just run just because something is changing. Like, adapt the change. You got to stop running. At some point in life, stop running and just man the heck up and just get out here and do what you got to do and be willing to learn and put fish your foot effort. And you might just get ahead. Jason, that was one of the best points I think you've ever made. Like, truly, I think that's such an excellent point. Like, don't be so intimidated or fearful of change that you run because you might miss your blessing. That is such an awesome point. And I I certainly hope that message gets relayed to some of these players because I, I do think that 
you know, we have made it quite easy for these guys. If things aren't going exactly their way, there seems to be ample opportunities that something else will go their way if they Mm -hmm. just exit. But there's also no guarantee that just because you enter the transfer portal and someone else offers you, you may be in the exact same situation. So you got to evaluate what you really have and also know that there is no guarantee, but you're going to make the most of it. The only thing you can guarantee is how hard you're going to work. And I think that that is something that Harson keeps harping on. Like hard work is his mantra. And I think that that needs to be reinvigorated into this program. And it's just got to, you know, take the right people to implement it. But what you got to keep in mind, how many times have we had a guest on here and they talk about when they first went to Auburn and how difficult that transition is from high school ball. And they, you don't always anticipate that it's going to be that difficult. You know, you come Mm -hmm. from being the big shot at your high school and, and it was kind of easy for you and you anticipate that's how college ball is going to be. Right. Then you get there and you look around and you go, Oh my, everyone's game is up a level and I've got to catch up. And maybe you get redshirted. Maybe you don't get as many reps. Maybe you're a third string. And that wasn't exactly what you anticipated. But then when you get into your playing career, you realize, oh, that time was exactly what I needed because I wasn't ready. College to the NFL, the exact same thing happens. These players get made think that they're the big shot. And if I'm the big shot at Auburn or if I'm the big shot in the SEC, the transition to the NFL is going to be a piece of cake. Then you get there at 20 years old and you look around at 24, 25-year-olds and you realize everyone's game is up a level and I need time to develop. That time could be spent in college. Look at what Derek Brown did and Marlon Mm -hmm. Davidson. And now look at the season Derek has had with the Panthers. He's been one of the only bright spots in Carolina. So make the decision appropriate to where you truly are, not the money or the business that people are telling you you could have. And I think that's that's the debate that a lot of these guys have to have. And We have started to get some news in regards to the future of some of our guys. The offensive side of the ball is taking the hit as of right now. Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams and Eli Stove have all announced that they're declaring for the draft. Now, Big Cat Bryant has yet to announce. Smoke Monday has announced he will return for his senior season. And you just said, you know, he's a hard hitter. We've got to get him better in coverage. So I I think that's a great opportunity example of somebody who could benefit from sticking around. And I'll be honest with you, Jason, I think Seth could benefit from sticking around. That's Mm -hmm. just my, that's my personal opinion. When I heard he was declaring for the draft, I felt like it was a little too soon. I think his stock dropped a little bit this season. He wasn't consistent enough. He struggled with drops, but that's just me. Give me your input on Seth Schwartz uh, declaring for the draft and Smoke deciding to stay. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought all the three of those guys uh, could have re- retained for another year. And, uh, and the reason I say that, you know, Swartz was just really learning how to become a primary receiver. You know, he's always yep. been a guy with speed, but this was the first year that he's really gotten totally involved in the offense as far as not just getting reverses, but actually getting the ball thrown to him down the field and and, and those slants and, and crossers and different things like that. So I thought with another year with him, you know, he would have benefited. Now, if he was saying he was going to the Olympics or something, I totally get it. He's a world-class mm-hmm. speed guy. But 
when he said he was going to the NFL early, you know, it just, you know, made me scratch my head a little bit. And uh, yep. I just thought he could have benefited from another season. That same thing with Eli Stove. I know he's a fifth year senior. And I guess, you know, shoot, I, I'm not going to really you know fault him too much because maybe he's just like, look, I've been in college for five years. I'm really just ready to just, if it's the NFL, it's the NFL. If it's ready, if it's the world, it's the world. Like, I can I can see him just saying he just don't want to go through a whole another season in college, which is six years for him. You know, that's a long time. But you have that option, though, to give yourself an opportunity to get ahead in life and you can make it to the NFL and, and, and get some years in there and and change your, um, you know, not many 22 year olds can come out making the checks that guys make when they first go into the mm-hmm. league out of high school. I mean, out of college. So. You know, I thought he could have benefited from coming back another season and looking at it from that standpoint, from a career standpoint, more than just a personal standpoint. Um, Seth Williams, totally agree with you. I thought he could have came back for another season. Uh, He's been a really good jump ball guy, um, but I thought his route running could improve a little bit. I thought that, uh, you know, under, you know, seeing what a new coach may do with him a little bit as far as the involvement of the passing game and helping Bo. Um, you know, I understand there was a little frustration there between him and Bo. And, you know, I don't know if that's something that drove him to move on or or anything. But, you know, you would hope that they could work out their differences and that they could uh, get on the same page and, and find a way. Because he is a screen talent. You know, he does have the talent. Now, he's not the world-class speed guy. But look at some of the guys in the NFL that are very productive. Not all of them are world-class speed guys. But they yeah. are really exceptional route runners. And uh, and, I, and the first guy to come to my mind is Adams for Green Bay. Like he's mm-hmm. not a super fast guy, but the guy just catches ball at the ball at the ball. And yes, you can say, oh, he got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but I'm watching the tape. Like even when he's pressed man and the guy's over top of him, he still finds ways to get open on slants because it's all in his footwork and his route running. And that's things that you know I think these guys can understand. And um, but you know they've all chose to go pro, so. We wish them the best, wish them all the luck in the world. Um, you know, I just want them to know that it's not going to be as easy as they think it is. And, right. uh, you know, but be willing to put down, the, put your foot down and, and, and go to work. If that's your decision, then go to work and uh, and make some improvements. Uh, get ready for your pro day. So, you know, not shocked, but at the same time, you know, these are these kids' decisions. And like I said, you know, I don't know their family's uh, dynamics, you know, uh, when it comes to income and different things like that. Sometimes that adds a little extra pressure to guys. I, I mean, and it's it's their lives. It's everyone's decision for themselves. And you got to hope that they're, you know, taking everything into consideration. But, you know, we're, we're here to give our opinions. And my opinion is that uh, I think these guys could have benefited from another year at Auburn, especially given the the potential that there now is with new coaching and a new scheme and all the movement. So, uh, but regardless, we wish them all the best. I hope to see them do big things in the NFL. Um, and we will certainly miss them on the field, but it's definitely going to be an opportunity for some of these young wide receivers, which is great that we heard some of their names called in the bowl game and several of them, you know, m- started to make their presence known right here before we head into the offseason, which is great because this really depletes our targets, you know. And so I think it's going to have to look different uh, for that passing game, not just for Bo, but but who he's throwing to. So we'll see how all of that starts to shape up. And it'll be shaped 
by a new staff that is starting to get formed. Brian Harson hit the ground running and is already making some moves. The first one to officially be announced is strength and conditioning coach after Ryan Russell was told he would not be retained. Brian Harson has hired Jeff Pittman to come in as our strength and conditioning coach. Pittman has been with Harson. I believe it's eight years. They were together at Arkansas State and Boise State. He has a lot of, you know, courage and faith in the guy that he can develop and strengthen our guys in the appropriate way for his system. So that is the first official move to be made. It's also expected that Spencer Danielson is going to be headed to Auburn. He is currently the interim head coach at Boise State. He took over when we hired hired Harson. That's hard to say. Uh, but he was the co-defensive coordinator before that. So it's expected that he's going to have a role on the defensive side of the ball, but also expected to be finalized this week. Derek Mason is expected to become our defensive coordinator. This guy really became kind of rose to coaching prominence because of his work as a defensive coordinator. He was the DC at Stanford before he was hired as the head coach at Vanderbilt. And obviously Vanderbilt parted ways with him after they went winless on the season, they parted ways with him, but I am going to go on record. I love this hire. I think this is a fantastic hire. And I think that Derek Mason should go back to being a defensive coordinator. He is a phenomenal defensive minded guy. I have spent a lot of time with him. I actually had Vanderbilt twice this season and I have nothing but respect for him. I think when you look at his record as a head coach, it's not pretty, but what Vanderbilt is up against as a football program is unlike anything that anyone else is up against. Okay. We're talking academic requirements. Uh, The amount of money that's put into athletics is not, you know, what all these other SEC programs are dealt. That's just the reality of it. Vanderbilt is an uh, academic first, not athletics first. So Mm -hmm. he's up against a lot in terms of recruiting. It's always difficult. And just kind of the, the, the funneling of the SEC, Vanderbilt is at the bottom. Like that that's just the nature of how things are right now. There are tiers to the SEC and Vanderbilt is the bottom. So it, there's so much to overcome regardless who the coach is at Vanderbilt. I don't fault Derek Mason for it, but I do think his his best is as a defensive coordinator. But he is also that that motivational guy. He is big energy. Players really connect to him. He he's a father figure to a lot of them. I, I just I can't say enough good things about Derek Mason. It is a giant step in the right direction. Oh yeah, you're definitely right. Derek Mason, I have the utmost respect for. Like you said, this guy's very energetic. You covered him very closely. And uh, when you think about what Derek has done at Vanderbilt, yes, they lost zero games this year. I mean, one zero games this year, but that's not an indictment on him. Like, let's no. face it, like Vanderbilt is always at the bottom when it comes to the football aspect in the SEC. Now, when it comes to all the other sports, they're right in the thick of it. When it comes to baseball, basketball, you know, all those other sports, they're right in the thick. But when it comes to that sport, football, they're in the bottom. And and and, and he competes. They always compete. And uh, this year was a really, really tough year on them. But, you know, he is a guy that from a defensive standpoint, they always seems to play pretty good. And uh, oh, yeah. he always had pretty good defenses at Vanderbilt. And uh, but he's not going to have the same players as Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Bama's like, let's face it. We all know that. But he comes to Auburn and you imagine what he can do with the players that he can recruit at Auburn and bring them to, to our university and and go out and compete at a high level on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I know our guys love playing for Coach Steele because he was a high energy guy. 
now, you know, with Coach Steele probably not being back, uh, now you go out and you get someone else uh, that's coming in, and now he's a high-energy guy. And the most important thing is he knows the SEC. He's been involved in the SEC for the last few years. So, you know, I know everyone was talking about, well, Coach Harson's coming here. Like, he knows nothing about the SEC or this region. Well, guess what? He's trying to put together, seems like to be, uh, you know, a staff that's, that knows the SEC a little bit, a little bit of mixture of guys that he knows from Boise, but also a little mixture of the guys that's already been in the conference. And we'll see if that relates to keeping some of our, our good coaches on the staff um, as they continue to go through their proceedings with him this week and in, 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 uh, in interviews. So uh, we'll yeah. see So how that goes. But I would, I got to think by just looking at this, He's going about it the right way and trying to find a good mixture and not trying to reinvent the whole wheel, bringing a whole staff here with no with zero experience of being in this region and in this conference. Like, that's just way too hard. Like, right. you know, so I think he's doing the right thing by by going around involving other coaches and and uh, that's, that know this, know this region. Absolutely. And know the conference because that was a a talking point when Harson got hired. Like, okay, you're coming from the Mountain West. You're coming from another part of the country into a conference that is unbelievably stacked. And so bringing in coordinators that have the experience with the conference and know, you know, the the competition that you're going to be up against next season, I think is incredibly beneficial. And uh, when I've been on the sideline during games, you know, when, defense comes off the field Derek Mason would go over to the bench where his DC was meeting with the defensive side of the ball and he was very involved in what the defensive side was doing that's just how he operates that's that's his niche that's where his mind goes and I think you need that like we went with an offensive head coach at Auburn which I think was a really good decision but you kind of went with a head coach at your defensive coordinator position, which I love because I think that's kind of been what Kevin Steele has built as well is like creating that energy, that personality, that character on the defensive side of the ball. Derek Mason will do that as well. I I love this hire. I hope that T will sticks around. I think T will and Derek together would be a great duo uh, in terms of energy and, and impact on recruiting. Like I just, I see such a great fit and great progress in this. I'll just go ahead and say it's official and Derek Mason, welcome to Auburn. Now, Mike Bobo is going to be our offensive coordinator. Mike Bobo, obviously the offensive coordinator at South Carolina. He was retained when Shane Beamer was hired as the head coach at South Carolina. So honestly, kind of shocking that he was even entertaining leaving, especially for essentially a lateral position. It's not like he got offered a head coach. He got offered to be an offensive coordinator at an SEC school. He just is swapping. Um I don't love this, Jason. Uh, and you know, I can, I can, you know, be swayed. You can your opinion. It's I know. Oh, you know, I do that now. You know, I do that. Um, I just, I, I don't look to South Carolina as my offensive dream. You know, like right. I just, that's not. I don't know. I think that the offensive side of the ball is our biggest problem. And as fired up as I feel about the Derek Mason hire on the defensive side, like that wasn't my concern to begin with. So I I was hoping that we would bring in an offensive coordinator that seems like the missing piece. And first impression, just off the jump, I don't personally believe Mike Bobo is the missing piece. Well, here we go. Um, <laughs> Shoot. Here we go again. I think the point that the reason he's going after Mike Bobo 
is the fact that he's played in the SEC, he coached in the SEC, um, he's been a head coach. Um, and like you said, he knows he's familiar with the territory. That's the main thing I think there. Like you, I'm not over excited about this one. Um, you know, from the same standpoint that, you know, South Carolina had a really good rushing game, but what did they struggle at? Passing the ball. What have Auburn struggled at the last couple of years? Passing the ball. Like running game has not been our issue. Um, right. so you know, that's the thing, you know, you think, you know, offensively, you think that um, you know, Coach Harson may be bringing someone that he knows that he's been with. Because I always say this as an offensive guy, you don't necessarily have to know the SEC like that when you come in as an offensive coordinator. Like you can come from other conferences yeah. because the different offenses that they run nowadays, they're all up tempo, they're all oh, no huddle, they all try to push pressure and stress on defenses. So, you know, so that part doesn't worry me so much as from a defensive standpoint, but from an offensive standpoint, uh, you can, you can get guys from other conferences and stuff to come in here and, and put points on the board. So, you know, we'll see what happens with this one. We'll, we'll definitely see, you know, I'm just hoping that my boy Cadillac sticks around. Me too. Like you said, T will on the defense Cadillac on the offense. And, uh, you know, Kendall Simmons is a guy that's been down there helping out at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that don't know Kendall played at Auburn and, Won two Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, first round draft pick, left tackle. Uh, when I was at Auburn, uh, my first year uh, as a starter. And then, uh, of course, Mark McNeil was after him. So, you know, this guy knows position. He's another, you know, strong-headed guy, like knows how to how to play the position. And uh, hopefully that they, you know, he was just a helper that came in, you know, when they asked him to. But hopefully, you know, they try to find some room for this guy to, to, to be a permanent space as well. Uh, on that offense and helping that offensive line develop. So, you know, there's all kind of resources that Auburn has in front of them. So it's just about making the decision and can we all make a solid decision to come together for an agreement. So like this, we're not going to always agree (laughs) and we're not going to always disagree. That is true. Whoever we get, we're going to get behind them and uh, give them a fair opportunity to see what we can do. We have to. And look, you got to think that Harson's going to be very involved in the offense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was an OC before being a head coach. He played quarterback. So, like, I don't think this is going to be a, a coordinator who has the entire reins of this rebuild. I think Harson bringing in a guy like Derek Mason, who has everything that you need to trust in a coordinator's ability to, to rebuild and, and kind of lead that side of the ball, is one thing. The area in which the head coach is must, most sufficient, he's going to have his hands in it. And so, uh, for whatever reason, he sees Mike Bobo as as a viable option for what he's trying to implement here. I am yet to see it. I, I hope to be clued in on, you know, the reason because I don't really get it as of right now. But, you know, we'll see. I, I'm 50-50 on coordinators right now. I like one. I'm unsure about the other, so I'll take it. I am sure about this head coach, though. The more Harson does, the way he's handling his business, I'm on board. Um, but before we close this one out, want to get Jason's input on what's happening around college football right now. The two big storylines as season wraps up. The first – Our Heisman winner has been announced. University of Alabama wide receiver Devontae Smith wins the Heisman. He was the first wide receiver to win it since 1991 when Desmond Howard won the award. Want to get your input on that, what you thought. Obviously, the finalists were Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, 
and Kyle Trask. Trevor Lawrence was the second highest, followed by Mac Jones and then Kyle Trask. And the other big news that I want to get your input on, just your opinion, is this national championship matchup between Ohio State and Alabama. We actually haven't talked since the semifinals and you know, the Alabama Notre Dame game went the way everyone expected. <laughs> Snooze fest. But then uh Clemson, Ohio State, I gotta say, I was I was shocked to see that one. Not only did Ohio State knock Clemson out of a national championship, but they did it in a very convincing fashion. Mm-hmm. They they pummeled Clemson, which is not at all what I saw coming. Give me your mm-hmm. input on the Heisman winner and this national championship matchup. Yeah, you probably heard me humming. I was humming because you said it was a shocker. Not so fast, my friend, by the words of the course. So, I'm a reason I'm gonna say this is because the simple fact that Ohio State, I feel like, had the athletes across the board. And when your head coach, Dabo Sweeney, comes out and said he ranked them at number 11 or 10. Like, that's bulletin board material, especially when you just played this team last year and you barely won them off a fluke call that they called a not catch on the sideline. When they replayed it, the guy caught the ball, took three steps, and then fumbled, which would have gave Ohio State the lead. And then there was a miscommunication between Fields and the receiver, and then Clemson got the interception to win the game. So they already wanted to get back to play you. Then you just gave them that little bit of bulletin board material to come back and play you again. And then Dabo Sweeney has put a target on his back because the simple fact that now people are going to start to question who is Clemson playing when they get to the playoffs because the last two times he's been in the playoffs, buddy, LSU gave him a, a, a flat zero and then Ohio State gave him a flat zero. And the games weren't even close. They were both over with by mid-third quarter. So now people go start questioning, is Clemson playing enough talent in the ACC to be getting these high ranks every year? And they've always questioned other teams, but now I think they're going to start looking at Clemson a little bit harder and saying, okay, you can't say you're playing Notre Dame. Notre Dame has proven that they don't belong in the playoffs. Like, Texas A&M definitely should have been in there over them. Um yeah. I would even say Cincinnati should have been in there over them. So wow. you you really can't just say, oh, Notre Dame because of the name and just start putting them in the playoffs. Like, they have got thumped every time they've been in there for the last four to five times. Like, yeah. um, let them show us convincingly that they can really beat a solid football team. And then when it comes to Alabama, yes, Devontae Smith won the Heisman. I totally 100% agree with it. And because this kid – the catches he have, his yak yards, yards after catch is more than most receivers have just receiving yards across the nation. Like right. this guy was phenomenal. Like this guy got double team. He was able to get open, make plays. And uh, like I say, Matt Jones did a good job getting in the ball. But there's a lot of time Matt Jones throws him a slant. This guy goes 65 yards, throws right. him a bubble screen. He goes 70 yards. Like that's, that's Devontae Smith. And uh, when you think about, you know, I'm not even a Bama guy, but when I heard this guy speak in the speech that he gave, Mm -hmm. I'm a Devontae Smith fan. Me too. And this kid, man, like you can tell he was about maturity. He was brought up the right way. Like he understands the importance of having a great team atmosphere and, uh, and his guys helping him to receive the award. And then for his mindset, it was on to the national championship. And uh, that's, you know, that was so important to me to hear such a young man at such a young age 
speak that way that he spoke, especially with so much stuff that we're dealing with nowadays and kids just being all about themselves. Like he showed his unselfishness. And, um, and I just think that, you know, he's going to be a great ambassador uh, moving forward. So, you know, I, I, I look forward to this Ohio state Alabama game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Like Justin Fields can be, a dual threat quarterback, which causes saving problems in the past. Um, from a defensive standpoint, I think they can get out the Matt Jones, which nobody else has been able to do this year, is get him off of his spot. If you let him stay on his spot, he can throw the ball really well. But I think if you can rattle him and move him a little bit, then it works in Ohio State's favor. I just think at the end of the day, if Waddle plays, it's just too much explosiveness on Alabama's offense uh, that's going to beat Ohio State. I would agree. I'm surprised to see this as the final matchup. I think it's interesting that there was so much debate about the playoff. And honestly, this year just fuels the fire that the playoff needs to be expanded because we, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be a matter of opinion. We should have to see these matchups because everyone's assumption about Clemson apparently was incorrect. Um, But I think that they're, their ACC championship against Notre Dame kind of gave this perception that like, no, Clemson still is what they always were. Um, but yeah, Texas A&M, Cincinnati kind of on the outside looking in. And and I don't think this top four reflected the, the top four in the country, but I actually thought Texas A&M's argument was stronger that they should be in over Ohio State than Notre Dame because I thought mm-hmm. just with their limited schedule, you, you play six games, you only play, I think only – two of them were consecutive. Like they kept having Saturdays off in between. Like Mm -hmm. you've got way more rested players. You haven't had to go through the gauntlet that everyone else is. I I just didn't think it was a fair showing, but what they did in this game kind of silenced the naysayers. And I certainly was a naysayer. I give so much credit to Justin Fields playing the way he did after getting rocked in his ribs. So I think it's going to be an interesting national championship. I agree. I think Alabama has too much star power and, I feel like I say this or we say this a lot when Alabama's in the national championship, like it it's potentially one of the best Alabama teams ever. And and I just think that that argument is very solid, especially considering it was an sec only schedule with a very limited off season. And this offense is incredibly efficient. So it's going to be a good game. Uh, Congrats to Devante and, and his win. I think it's for a wide receiver to win the Heisman. You have to have an, uh, an otherworldly season, and he did that. So, uh, well-deserved. Look forward to the matchup. Look forward to the future of Auburn football as things continue to take shape. You want to make sure you stick around with us here on Believe in Everything Auburn because news is going to continue to trickle out. I can guarantee when we finish recording, some news is going to break about something. <laughs> so, make sure you join us each and every week so that you always stay up to date on everything happening around Auburn athletics. Jason Campbell, Taylor Davis, making sure we bring you all the news happening on the planes. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Make sure you subscribe, like, leave us a comment or a review. We'll make sure we keep bringing you all the episodes, all the news, all the great guests as this Auburn program continues to take its new shape. Everyone have a great week. We'll talk soon. War Eagle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.